One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and the deadly boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. And that issue today is what needs to happen at Elimination Chamber this weekend. Michael Hamlet, you are doing the live stream reactions for it. How are you feeling about the show? Really excited. Um, we're prone to hyperbole in the content game because um, we have to be. But this does <laughs> feel like the like most hotly anticipated B show probably since Money in the Bank mm. 2011. Um, certainly not that many spring to mind that had such justification for being excited. We've all got our subjective reasons why we like different wrestling shows, but the kind of entire fan base has come together around this Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns mm. title match. Um, it's odd. Elimination Chamber is an interruption on WWE's road to WrestleMania, but they've stepped up the chambers so that they've got implications on the, on the WrestleMania card itself. But even then, number one contenders, who's going to keep the belt, all that sort of stuff, it still feels forced. It still feels like a fake diversion that exists because it has to. In the olden days, you would just need the Rumble and WrestleMania, but these once made more money, so in it went. Not this time. Like, mm. Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns feels like it has enormous WrestleMania implications. The belts that they are fighting for feel like the most prestigious in the game, which is the point of a title match and something that WWE has struggled so much to, like, genuinely and earnestly summon up over the years, the decades even. Again, I started where I, I'll end where I started this. Normally, we kind of have to, like, rely on hyperbole sometimes, but WWE especially, we don't hear, mm. and it's the biggest compliment I can pay. I can't think of many... Shows, if any, that has had this amount of fantasy booking heading into it that isn't, like you say, Big Four related. That's the magic as well of the promotion for this show. Fantasy booking. WWE with this storyline, which I would say is a 9.2 out of 10 invisible camera. <laughs> There's one right there. Pretty easy to acknowledge. <laughs> it's right in front of my face. Okay. But regardless of my pedantic criticisms, which might not be so pedantic after last week's SmackDown, let's see how that one shakes mm. out. This has been a tremendous storyline, the emotion of which completely trumps the logic. And what WWE has done, for the first time in years and years, has encouraged the audience to fantasy book, to have a good time, to engage with the product, to engage with the content. In those words, product and content don't really feel applicable like, I don't know if I'm, pre I'm pretentious enough, but I, <laughs> is it art? It's certainly closer to art mm. than content mm. um, than we've seen of WWE of late. It's not necessarily unpredictable, 
but you want to let yourself believe it's unpredictable because this storyline on an emotional level has been pulled off so exceptionally well that it enables you mm. to have suspension of disbelief and ultimately is an adult. I don't think we talk enough about how impossible that is. People are genuinely sucked into this, knowing it's a total work of fiction, knowing that they are in the weeds enough if you're watching this sort of thing or read about stuff like this in The Observer. We know the outcomes. We know it's a work. And yet, the power of this storyline mm. is such that you are willing to abandon all of that when that bell rings and you will get sucked into it and feel like it's real to those characters. It's been tremendous. Mm. Uh, let's get to Roman and Sammy in due course. Uh, let's start there with... Retention. The the two, yes. <laughs> the two uh, chamber matches. Uh, mm. You've got one for the United States Championship involving Austin Theory, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, and Montez Ford. Uh, and then, of course, for the spot to face Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, you've got Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia, and Carmella. Who wins the chamber matches for you, Hamlet? Oh, in terms of the US title, there's like some really entertaining wrestlers in there and Austin Theory. But at the moment, so few of them are doing that much and I think that takes away from the overall spectacle of the chamber itself the stipulation is supposed to because of again its placement in the calendar and what we've known about over the years it's supposed to feel quite big time and this one feels anything but that because other than Austin Theory and Damian Priest they're not particularly as a singles wrestler none of these have got a great deal going on Johnny Gargano is presumably going to start this they always put at least one uh, quote-unquote great worker in there to, to work the whole thing. It's kind of got to go in there to just to wrestle to remind people who he is and why he had such value with people in the first place. But it's not feeding into any particular story is involved at the moment. Bronson Reed was brought in as a mercenary for hire for yet another failed attempt for Triple H to get a pop. You know, so like it's just individual case like that. Seth Rollins has got his eyes on a match that is bigger than this one. Like it's, that's the reality, isn't it? You know, Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins is bigger than Seth Rollins defending the United States title at WrestleMania. That's just how these things mm -hmm. shake out sometimes. So I'd love to see uh, a Damian Priest, for example, just as somebody I like in an act I enjoy win the belt. But you you just cannot look past. Austin Theory, it's the least captivating match on the card, and the gimmick is in the title of the show. That's just how these mm -hmm. things go sometimes. In terms of the women, uh, most people have suggested that Asuka will go on a Shayna Baszler 2020. You seen that one, Wilbur? Yeah. Um, a Shayna Baszler 2020 type run through the rest of the field because so, it's, yeah. it's not a very well booked division, and people went nuts for the Asuka rebadge at the Royal Rumble. I'm not convinced. I'm genuinely not convinced. I think if they were as committed to the rebadge beyond the Rumble, Asuka wouldn't have been just thrown into the mix quite carelessly on Raw in the meantime. Carmella is fresh and just back and gives you a heel-baby-face combination with Bianca Belair we haven't really seen before. It doesn't feel important, I get that, but at least it's something different. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez, for me, is the, the real standout elect of this division, the, the next champion in waiting, maybe. WrestleMania's probably too soon, but it might be worth a gamble just to see what the match looks like. So a lot of people say Asuka, I'm going to say Carmella. Mm. I, just, I think that, like... They were, I, I just don't think it's Bianca Belair's big year. She can go in as champion. She might even leave as champion, but I don't think we're looking at a Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks adjacent year for Bianca Belair. It's, it's how it works sometimes. Sid, you agree, disagree? What, on those picks? Yeah. If you look, if you do process of, of elimination for this men's match, you can eliminate everyone at Austin Theory because we've read the reports that John Cena's available and will be working Austin Theory at WrestleMania. And I do not, not hate that story. Like... Austin Theory, by virtue of, they love firsts and big records and stuff. By virtue of winning the, f or is it the second ever for the United States title? 
chamber. They did one for the Intercontinental, didn't they? This might be the first. Yeah, I think this one might be the first for the United States title. They can just pretend it's what WWE yeah, yeah. does anyway. So <laughs> yeah. they can say, and it might be actually accurate, this is the first time it's ever been defended for the US title. If he can successfully defend it, going in last maybe, um, then he can say that he is the greatest United States champion of all time. Okay? That's incorrect. There is one occasion that the United States title like fulfilled its purpose in WWE, legitimately, that title, when it was introduced, coincided with WWE's vast and, until very recently, just irrevocable creative decline, okay? Mm. John Cena actually had that title in 2004 when it functioned as a intercontinental title of, like, the late mid to late 80s and early 90s where it was an actual platform for superstardom and a visual clue that this guy's going to be the next guy. And then in 2015, he had the best run that anyone's ever had with that title while it was promoted under WWE's auspices. So I think that's a really nice setup, and I don't think Theory's the guy, quite frankly, if you're going to beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Not that these things are necessarily a shortcut to getting someone over, but they don't hurt. I would have someone else be Theory. But if Theory is the guy, he isn't, then that's a really, <laughs> really, really good match yeah. and some good storytelling. The best we can hope for there is someone going on a big tear, and I would select Montez Ford. I, I think agree. Johnny Gargano's had his time. Great wrestler, but I don't. I think he's peaked in-ring, and the character work is just not for me. Um, Damien Priest is a great act in The Judgment Day. I wouldn't give it to him. Um, Bronson Reed, I don't see enough true, intangible superstar characteristics. So I would give Montez Ford the big, big run in there because I think he's absolute money, and I think they can do loads more with him. The women's is a lot harder to predict. I'm looking again at that field. Process of elimination, Natalia straight away. Um, <laughs> Nikki Cross, I just don't think she's what they want in a big star who's going to win multiple titles. Liv Morgan is, but it just hasn't connected. I think maybe a heel turn would serve her character well. Carmella, they've always liked her, and I think she's actually underrated in the ring. She mm. had a really underrated, low-key good series <laughs> with them. Sasha Banks, I didn't think was half bad at all. I thought it was really good. So but for me, it's between Raquel and Asuka, and it pains me to say... So I think Asuka is just tremendous. I think she's still one of the very best workers in the entire roster. But for the pop she got at the Rumble, it doesn't always translate to arenas. And I remember she had that match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania 37. Oof, yeah. And that was just brutal. Depressing for me as an Asuka mark, but it just didn't really connect. And I think her days of being really taken seriously are over. So I think Raquel's going to win it. See, I think it's got to be Asuka. I'd love it to be Asuka, but yeah. I don't think that's reflected by the masses. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's talk about some of the other matches then. Um, Edge and Beth Phoenix... Uh, taking on, uh, representing the Judgment Day, uh, Finn Balor and Rhea Who? Ripley. <laughs> we cannot go in. Um, Rhea Ripley obviously is set to face Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Yeah. Do you think, you've said before, I think you, she, she needs to get the win here to uh, propel her into that. Yeah, she does. I love this match. I absolutely love this match and love this booking. I think they've arrived at the perfect match at the perfect time with the perfect tone for where the story, they switched at just the right time from serious to actually quite silly with the Judgment Day versus Edge. Edge doing serious, as we know, can only ever be a short-term thing. He wears out his welcome incredibly quickly. So they got that out of the way at Extreme Rules in pretty dramatic and hot fashion. And ever since Edge has come back, other than getting his revenge at the Royal Rumble in a moment that was there as quick as it was gone, it's been quite fun, this. We've had Edge. There's been a bit of levity to Edge and Beth Phoenix because of Dominic Mysterio. Beth Phoenix beating up Dominic Mysterio is the funny bit. Edge gets to be the cheerleader to his wife. Um, and that like dynamic is working so much better for this whole thing. This is the silly bit because we have got one more serious chapter to come. And that is between Edge and Finn Balor, presumably in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania in that match that was moved on from the Royal Rumble. This is the perfect arrangement of wrestlers. So Edge and Finn Balor get to extend their thing one more time without needing to pin either of those two men, I don't think. Beth Phoenix, a uh, Hall of Famer, somebody WWE holding high regard as a historic figure in the women's division, a genuine feather in her please cap, the last one as she goes on to surely, surely beat Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. But this is that one last stamp of approval, like Charlotte, whatever you thought I was three years ago, I'm not that now, and look, I just put the glamours on in a place. In the meantime, Dominic Mysterio presumably runs interference for the two of them until he is chased off by his own dad in another like great pop for the live crowd and another build to that one. I just think this is perfect matchmaking that allows for yet more great booking in these various stories. I'm not as high on the Judgment Day <laughs> as my colleague. Who else is? He's absolutely buzzing, I love isn't he? The judgment Day, man. He I love just the... loves the Judgment Day. It's his favourite thing. <laughs> they Gets are. out of they bed. Proper are. <laughs> Listens to Alter Bridge on his TV, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, yeah, at least once. At least once. Especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, because that's like Judgment Day part of the week. <laughs> going to anticipate the Judgment Day on a Monday morning, yeah. and then on Tuesday morning, you just love the fact that you've seen the Judgment They've Day. Happened. Like, that's my Judgment Day for the week. Look, this is good. Beth Phoenix is the designated pin eater is fantastic because it strengthens Rhea Ripley ahead of the Rumble, and the Judgment Day having one over Edge, albeit indirectly, is good heat for the babyface trying for Hell in a Cell. If you're into the story, it doesn't really matter that this is the logical and 
as such predictable way to go about it because why make a, a real square? That's just the way it has to go. It's the way it's going to go, and it should be pretty damn entertaining on the night if you're into that sort of thing. He's going to be absolutely buzzing this, lad. I, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, let's talk uh, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley again. Uh, <laughs> uh, chance we get a Hurt Business reunion here? What? Um, no. Not for you? Well, no, because I want Lesnar to do something of greater importance and more interesting and more fresh at WrestleMania. I want that to be a match against Gunther. Mm. I want the title to be taken off Gunther in a three-way Seamus and Drew beforehand. That's the reality. That's the realist of me talking because I don't think Lesnar. He'd happily work Gunther, but he's not working an Intercontinental Title program. I'd love it if he did. I think the I think it's politically not. I'm happy to be wrong. That'd be the ultimate. Okay, I can actually believe in the prestige of the Intercontinental Title again for the first time since what 1997. Yeah, 1998. <laughs> be fair, the SummerSlam. I, yeah, the Rock and Triple. That, that was a yeah. true Intercontinental Title match because you knew you were watching. To people who are going to be main event stars, but for now, that's their prize. That's right, The Rock in China and Triple H was in it as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For the first time since truly 1998, The Godfather was champion in 1999, and they've never recovered really since then. We've had people talk about bringing it back. Everybody's talked about bringing it back. We've had the physical design brought back, but no one's really brought back what matters. Not the design, not the talking about bringing it back, the prestige, and Gunther's done it. With Triple H as well, of course. Um, <laughs> ultimately, I'm talking about what I want Lesnar to do after this match because the thought of this match, the third match between them, does not energize me at all. It's one of those. I'll watch a suplex on the night. My heart will be in my mouth. These two behemoths will collide. Mm. It will be really good, but it's just a bit uninspiring for me. And I was so relieved when I saw that angle and Lesnar had the actual contract in these uh, little waistcoat, was it? Yeah. yeah. And he said it's for elimination shame. I went, Ooh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's the thing. Lesnar's going to win, and maybe in the aftermath, because he did ask us a question. Yeah. It's pretty rude of me not to answer. <laughs> I think in the aftermath, MVP on TV can say something to Lesnar along the lines of, uh, Lashley, something along the lines of, look, maybe it would have went a different way mm. if we were back in... Business, because they've been saying business. Yes, yeah. hurting like, Bobby. Yeah, all these like <laughs> really like know. delicate Easter eggs and you have to stuff. watch it a couple of times to spot it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I was excited about Brock Lesnar Bobby Lashley again when it was for the ch the Chamber uh, Premium Live event because of the fact I thought, well, that frees up Brock for something else at mm -hmm. WrestleMania and Bobby. Um, but yeah, that is wholly sort of caveated by the fact that Brock kind of has to win. Yeah, this uh, it's a bit of a spoiler for a podcast that's going to go out wherever you get them, where me and Phil sort of preview this card as well, do our predictions. I was of the opinion that Bobby Lashley was going to win um, because Brock's the, like, the most easy-to-recover wrestler on this entire roster. Even when he loses, it never really feels like he does, and you're instructed almost to forget about it if he rocks up the next night and roll with a different haircut or a cowboy hat or whatever. Um, and I thought that MVP was going to use the Hurt Business as proof of concept. Lashley has never... He's been forced to pivot between babyface and heel based on what Brock's doing at the time rather than having his own character. And he's been back in the suit, even if he's said to MVP, oh, the Hurt Business isn't really for me. He's showing that he kind of wants that. And I thought they were maybe tipping the hand to MVP using the Hurt Business to help him win to say, look, you do need us. You know, we need you too. 
we've all beaten Brock Lesnar together. We're back and we're better than ever. We've got Omos with us. We're an even meaner and bigger hurt business than before. And then off they go to do their WrestleMania thing. And then the next night, it's the men in black memory eraser for Brock Lesnar. He just goes on to fight whoever the hell he wants. But Phil made the exact same point Sidgwick did. It's almost like Bobby Lashley needs to be licking his wounds. And that's when MVP picks him up with the group after the fact. So I've kind of, I've come around to that way of thinking a little bit more as well. Uh, right, let's talk about it then. Undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. I have seen a million different fantasy bookings for this online. We've discussed it as well in the past, but with just a few days before, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I, like, I cannot wait for the moment before Sami Zayn's entrance. Oh, that. Will they they'll labour on this? Yeah, they will do. They'll have the shot of the arena. They'll maybe have the camera. Not linger on them, but glance past the very family members that Roman Reigns threatened to beat Sami Zayn up in front of. Uh, go on. The one occasion where I'll allow the champ to be out first, this. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Although I like the idea of Sami being in the ring forced to watch Roman enter in that long That is entrance. very punk Chicago, isn't it? Yeah, it's his, the way he had to react, to the point where he just grinned because it was so incredible, but um, when he had to react to Nakamura debuting uh, TakeOver, that sort of thing where Sami Zayn's great at suddenly looking quite small and not realising the size of the challenge he has up against him, I wouldn't mind that either. I just think they're going to, WWE are going to nail this. This is as crucial to the story as anything else is the, the production and the presentation because it's been so great up to this point. Um, so I'm super excited for it. The fantasy booking has never felt more like a fantasy because I think people don't want to entertain the reality, which is that Roman Reigns has to destroy Sami Zayn. Like the reason people have looked for alternate ways for this to work around WrestleMania, night one, night two, triple threats, all those kind of things, is because the storytelling has been that great. You don't want to see the babyface fall, but it is my belief that the babyface has to fall. I don't want to give a Game of Thrones spoiler, but let's just say a massive babyface has to fall really early in that show for the entire thing to work. Yes. I've not named any names there, and it does as a result. And I think this is Sami Zayn's time. Um, my favourite thing to fantasy book or speculate over is something we've discussed on other podcasts, you can find them on YouTube, is about not so much Roman Reigns winning, but in fact how he does it. And uh, I think the logical route is the route to take, which is Jey Uso makes a choice. But Cedric was the one that planted the seed with me about the comparison to the Revolution tag. And I've thought more about that. Roman Reigns has held Jey Uso captive, effectively, in the bloodline with his brother from the early days of the main event Jey Uso storyline, mm -hmm. where it's like, look, you get to be a somebody when you're with me. You can carry that all the way to WrestleMania and still give people a little bit of what they want if you book the Usos versus Zayn and Owens as the main event of night one. Roman Reigns can tell Jey Uso, look... My promise has been fulfilled. You're in the main event of WrestleMania, night one. Uh, and all you've got to do is keep those belts. But right away, Jimmy and Jay are less and less convinced by Roman's stranglehold because Cody is the one who rode in a way at the bloodline. Sammy's already shown them that there's another way to do things. And I love that that story, that drama, that tension within the bloodline can continue on, even if on this night, Jay Uso makes the choice. I don't think he comes in cartoonishly cackling and laughing at his decision. I think he makes it because he feels like he has to. Not because he particularly wants to. Yeah, I agree, because it's my take. <laughs> <laughs> they should do this match now because people like Jay Uso. And I don't think that if they I don't think they will do this. I think they are on the pulse now. But if they have it so that Jay Uso it was a swerve all along, I'm evil actually, Sammy Saws. Oh, I don't want that. They're not going to do it. I honestly think more of them, me, I think more of them <laughs> at this point. They are going to have to, I think, 
do a match that feels less like a grudge match and more like the Revolution 2020 tag between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. WWE loves a melodrama. It works well with that audience. Mm -hmm. People are people won't be split between Jay and Sammy in the same way that they might have been with Sammy and Cody, but even that hasn't happened. People will like Jay, but they'll like Sammy more, and the match could go perfectly. As for Roman versus Sammy, they're going to break your heart. It's fine. As Goose and as Maverick, and WWE, for so many years, had a Maverick and didn't see the value of a Goose, and things have changed now at this point. People are happy that there are two different characters who have two different roles. They get two different victories at the end of WrestleMania season. Since, when was it? December 2014, true friendship has eluded Sami Zayn. True trust in people has eluded Sami Zayn. And he's been manipulated into this ultimately horrible relationship where he thought it was something different. His character's redemption story is nine years in the making, and he's going to get that, and Cody's going to get the title at the same time. And I think the fans are happy to infer this, and there's no actual contest between the two. So heavy heat, heavy heat, and just to manifest it one more time, DDT through the ropes, works the first time, it's an awesome spot, do it. Second time, guillotine, 9.99 count out tees. Do whatever, you el- do whatever else you want in the match after that, but I want to see those two spots, because yeah. I, I came up with them. <laughs> this is a one match. Possibly ever, where I'm going to buy Sami Zayn winning with a blue thunderbomb. Blue thunderbomb. Wait, here we go. <laughs> Finally going to happen. I think, like at this point as well, you're going to get um, a stunner probably from Sami Zayn. I think they'll they'll want you to know Kevin Owens is in the building before Kevin Owens shows himself. I assume his arrival is after the match, mm. or because that's the other thing as well. Like I'm fascinated to see how he figures into this because if he isn't out there the whole time, but he's in the building, why is he not out there the whole time? I think they will think of that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Got a lot of faith that this will come together. As it did at the Rumble, there was lots of speculation of how they would do it, and not many people nailed the exact layout of it, but they nailed it. So I just think this pay-per-view, I remember this getting booked at some point like late last year, and most people saying, well, that's Zayn in a title match, or that's a huge bloodline crescendo of some description, because they thought enough to put Elimination Chamber in Montreal. They're booking. They're actually booking, and it's not the Vincent Mann era of what they're going to do when they get to the building, and then what might Vince <laughs> change his mind on it? Because that's never how wrestling ever should have worked. They've booked this, as we said for the Rumble, on a Thursday before when we recorded it, they know what's happening, and we just get to sit back and watch. I'm excited. feel a little bit sick. I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be a mark. Jo- <laughs> 
Join uh, Michael Havlo and Phil Chambers for all their live stream, live stream reactions on uh, Saturday evening for that. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for us discussing all the fallout from it in the coming weeks on the road to WrestleMania. Let us know your thoughts, your predictions on Twitter, at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. You follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. My thanks to Michael Hamflit, to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.